Hello and welcome to the TNX podcast. I'm Dylan James and I'm here with Ben Jones and James Dodd. Unfortunately, Joe can't be with us today due to work experience commitments. His loss in it. Right then, so let's get straight into it. Over the weekend, Wales got their first win since the Stone Age. The Scarlets lost in a stunner against Ulster. The Blues fell to a 45 loss at the RDS Arena against Leinster. And the Ospreys were the only winners in regional rugby, defeating Benetton in Swansea. First of all, let's kick off with Wales. A great moment for Pivak, fielding a weakened team with plenty of young blood, which will have no doubt done them the world of good, especially Zamet scoring that try. James, I'm going to start off with you. A win is a win, but what's your assessment? Yeah, well, first of all, I think that is a huge part. Regardless of the opposition, it was vital for Pivak and the confidence of the whole Wales team uh, to get that win. I thought that there were, there were some pretty good positives as well as, ne- as negatives. You look at Samson Lee in the scrum, um, you know, something that Wales needed after being dominated by Ireland um, in the first game. Louis Rees-Samit scoring his first try, you know, setting up Reese Webb as well. That will give him a huge amount of confidence. Great to see Shidi have his first start, uh, kicked eight points as well. So, you know, that's not going to do um, him any uh, any harm. And Johnny Williams as well, I thought, a centre. I thought he was an incredible, powerful runner. Um, similarly uh, to that of Hadley Parks, obviously, he can't play for Wales anymore. Ben, what about you? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think, obviously, it's good for Pivak. I think it gives him a little bit of confidence and it shows that, that Wales have got the strength and depth kind of thing. Obviously, we've, we've spoke about before, the likes of Bigger and people like that are kind of not getting towards the end of their career, but is there people coming through that will be able to fill the void kind of thing? And I think Sheedy proved that. Um, he didn't do anything spectacular, but he did the simple stuff well, which was really, really good. Um, obviously, Dodd has mentioned uh, Johnny Williams was really, really good in the centre, I thought, as well. Um, so I think he, looking like going forward, he's definitely uh, in place to start. And obviously, that re-summit. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of him. You all know that. Um, and it, is, it must be... Uh, must be really good for him to, to score his first try. I think uh, it's well overdue for a game like this where we can field a load of young blood. Um, it just feels like we've gone through the years and it's always been, as you say, Ben, Gatland's boys, um, no matter whether it's been Pivak's first couple of games or whether Gatland was in charge. It just never seemed like there was a, there was a period where we had all this influx of uh, young blood. But obviously that's what Pivak's trying to do. He's trying to transition. It may not be... Um, pretty and he might be walking on thin ice but it does need to happen because those core players like Tipperick, Tipperick's 30 um, Jonathan Davis is 31 if I'm right um, there's quite a few of them who are getting on now we need uh, that new wave of talent coming through um, so just a small task of England on the weekend um, on paper Wales are in for a C and two. Uh, what should Pivak's goal be for the fixture if not a win James? Um, yeah, I think I think the win um, will be hard. I think regardless of the performance, I think the result probably won't go your way. So to look at that performance is probably quite important. You saw how England played against Ireland. They dominated them up front. They basically did to Ireland what Ireland did to Wales. So when you look at it like that, it is pretty scary. Um, but I again, I think you've got nothing to lose, really. I think it's the Autumn Nations Cup. It's not the biggest competition in the world, obviously. I don't think Wales are in with a shout of even making the final or whatever, but I think, you know, the likes of Louis Samet, Josh Adams, Sanchez at fullback, uh, Webb and Sheedy, uh, the halfbacks, I think is probably the shout you go for. You 
probably want um, quite a the quite a few of the young kids starting on the bench as well. It's a great experience um, to play a team like England, who no doubt will be the favourites. But you know, I, I don't think you get anything from it if you play the same old team that you played against Ireland, played against Scotland and France. I think you've got to mix it up a bit and see how these um, players step up into the international level. And I think um, you know that will give them confidence regardless of, of the result going forward. Talking about mixing it up, Dodd, um, who would you have starting at hooker? Oof, I think, you know, Elliot D. Um, I didn't really see much of him. Um, Sam Parry come on the bench. I, I, I'd like to see Sam Parry. I think he's pretty inexperienced. Uh, you know, opposite number, Jamie George, scored a hat-trick against Georgia a week or so ago. I think that would be, you know, no doubt will be a lion uh, this year or so or next year. So I think, yeah, I'd like to see Sam Parry starting. Nice. I think I'd probably go for Elliot D personally. I know like we're in a position that we can't experiment because there isn't a huge amount at stake apart from the, uh, the bragging rights. But uh, I think he's, he's got that experience. And although Sam Parry is I think, 27, 28, um, I think it's a bit risky sticking, sticking him in there, but I certainly don't think Elias should be, uh, should be starting. You know, we've had this conversation a million times. Um, anything that you'd change, Ben? No, not all. Obviously, I think, like we said, Sheedy did himself no harm with his performance, but I don't think he did enough to uh, to kind of replace bigger for the England game. Um, but I, 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 I imagine he'll come off from the bench. But yeah, I, I, other than that, I'd, I'd probably go with uh, with the uh, what's it, Hooker. Uh, Dodd. So who would uh, who would you go for from the previous game um, to slot in? Obviously, there was a load of a load of young players in that. Uh, in that Georgia team? Who do you think uh, keeps their place for this England game? Well, I think uh, Lurie Samet definitely does. Uh, I think there's no reason. Obviously, you know, you're playing Georgia, but, you know, he finished a try well. He set up Reese Webb, like I said before. I, I'd quite like uh, Kieran Hardy to kind of um, be, come on from the bench. I thought he, he seemed pretty alive. Um, you know, and Sheedy, I... I want him definitely in the 23 match squad. I'd, I'd like him to start. I really would like him to start. Like I said, there's not really much to lose in, in this game. England are expected to win. Um, so if, if we play bigger, we play it safe and they, England only won by 10 points as opposed to 20 plus points and us taking a bit more risks. I think that'll um, be more of a learning curve and probably could help us uh, go forward. Nice one. So I think personally, like Hardy was brilliant, obviously. Um, and obviously Lloyd Williams the week before was uh, even better, arguably, I think. Uh, he had a wonderful performance against Ireland, despite the result. But um, after seeing Webb score that try, um, it's got me in the mood to see him back in a Welsh jersey starting at nine. Um, I'd go for Sheedy and Webb as a half-back pair. And I think I reckon that'd be quite exciting. Um, Sheedy's good ball to boot. And uh, Webb's just got that flair and finesse about his play. James? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with Webb at nine. Um, I think that that he gives and he has experience there. And, you know, if she does have any problems, I think, um, you know, he will be able to help them. I think having probably two inexperienced halfbacks might be a bit too much of a risk. So having that kind of uh, mix of experience and youth, I think, will uh, hopefully make them go well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the goal for this England game. Just uh, see, not not fielding a team of uh, 
of kids, so to speak, but um, blending the youth with the experience, as I think is the way forward. Uh, so moving on then to uh, regional rugby. So Ben, you were actually covering this with uni. Um, the Scarlets lost a stunner against Ulster. Um, Scarlets were out for blood trying to uh, break that insane record they've got at the Kingspan going back two years. Um, game finished 26-24. Uh, what was your assessment of it um, from the Scarlets' perspective, mate? Oh, I thought it was, it was a really good game, a really good, intense game of rugby. And I think Scarlet's took it to Ulster, which I don't think we've actually seen a team do this year yet. Um, and I think it kind of caught Ulster by surprise a little bit, if you ask me. Um, yeah, Scarlet's were quick out the blocks. They were, uh, it seemed when they went down 19-7 at halftime, they, they were never out of the game. Obviously, they would have liked when uh, Ulster got Treadwell um, controversially yellow carded. It could have been a red. We could talk about that later. But um, I thought they were on top and they could have they could have gone into, they scored a try, they could have gone into the corner again other than a penalty. But I just thought Scarlet's were really, really impressive. Obviously, Combeer's form is is next level in a minute. Four tries in three games, it's, it's exceptional. But yeah, I just, I think Scarlet should be really proud of their performance. And obviously on a better kicking day with two missed conversions and two pen, missed uh, penalties, they walk away from the Kingspan with a, a really, really, good win and a message sent and obviously they got Leinster this week so had they come off a win against also their confidence is going to be incredibly high I agree mate I think that voodoo needs to be lifted at some point there is going to be a time hopefully in the near future when a Welsh side beats one of those big three um, and then hopefully the snowball effect begins and other sides start to do the same but like you said it really was fine margins I watched it too and um at the end, for example, um, I think it was the num Scarlet's number eight. Uh, on the attack on the left wing, you're at about halfway stage. Um, the clock's red. You're in a decent position. And he, he threw the ball straight behind the whole attack. And it went out for a, a line-out. And luckily, uh, Scarlet's um, won that line-out, didn't they? And they went on another attack. But then there was another problem. So it seems like brushing up on these little errors and just nailing the basics, you know, knowing how to pass the ball to your teammate, no matter how tired you are, no matter what stage of the match. Um, but was kicking the main issue, do you think? Or was it um, these little errors that I've mentioned? You, you can put it down, like, if you saw the game on paper and saw four missed kicks, you can put it down to the missed kicks. But I think it, I think you've got to put it down to the to the errors. Obviously, uh, not releasing when you're, you're on top, you're in the corner, you're five metres out, Ulster get a big penalty. And then obviously... You're outside the 22 and uh, you pass the ball and it's intercepted and the guy runs the length of the field to, for a try for Ulster. I mean, it's just things like that. Sometimes you get lucky with that interception. Sometimes you might drop it. You never know. But it's, I'd put it down to, to little errors that have, uh, have cost them this game, which is unfortunate because they were really good. Every time they went forward, they looked like they were going to score a try. Steph Evans was looking sharp as well. I just wanted to get that in there. Um, I think he's raring to go to get back in the Wales team. A haircut. That haircut is quality. Real arrogance. You like it, don't you? But uh, a thousand fans in the stadium, do you think that would have had an effect on the players? I think that might have spurred Scarlet's on a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, they've waited X amount of time to get into a stadium and Scarlet's came into it as if they were kind of the home side. They were the ones unbeaten in two years at home. It was, it was really, really impressive. But obviously once Ulster got those two tries before, um, before half-time, 
the crowd was kind of starting to to liven up a little bit. You thought the Scarlets, oh, are we on for a, a bit of a drub in here at the minute? But I think they just they kind of blinded out the noise, didn't really think about it, and just stayed in the game, which was is the most important thing. And like I said, they could have won on any other day. Definitely, hundred percent, mate. Um, so James, uh, I'm sorry to bring this uh, scoreline back into your memory, but uh, so the Blues lost 45 to Triple Champions. Leinster um, watched the game too. I really don't think it was that convincing when you watched the game. Obviously, on paper, it looks like a demolition job. But um, I thought the Cardiff Blues defence was remarkable at uh, a lot of the points in the game. What was your assessment, Nick? Yeah, look, I think I've been a lot more disappointed and angry from games that we've lost, you know, by five or ten points because those have been games that we've, you know, been expected to win or could have easily won and we haven't. But I think, you know, Leinster it's just clear that their 15 was better than our 15. So in that regard, the result was kind of out of the window uh, from the get-go. And obviously Dave Carney scored, uh, was it 30-odd seconds? And so that kind of, you know, as soon as he did that, you kind of think, yeah, I don't think we're going to win this game. But, um, you know, overall, like you said, I thought the defence was pretty impressive. I thought the attack at times um, worked well. The, the try for Alan Summerhill, we have kind of just doing the basics well. Um, you know, Ben Thomas as well at centre. Uh, a couple of breaks. He's, he's looking really, really sharp. But but overall, you know, metres game, Leinster, 688. Leinster possession, 72%. Leinster territory, 79%. So to think they had those um, those stats and they'd only, they were only 14 points up after an hour um, with the team they have at Leinster, you kind of have got to take your hat off to the Blues. Yeah, I totally agree, mate, because I think, like you said, up to the 60-minute mark, it wasn't that convincing on, on paper with the scoreline. Um, and there was a phase, I can't, I can't remember what point of the game it was exactly, but it was just it was just before, about 10 minutes before, and running up to um, uh, when Ruddock had that dub, double movement try, obviously disallowed, um, and the Blues were just, it was like it reminded you of, of the Gatland era defence being on the back foot in um, in the Six Nations against England, for example, and just putting your heart on the line for for every challenge and just stopping that ball from crossing the line because it's hard to get in that mentality as well when you're already losing. Um, so it, it really is brilliant from the Blues. I, I think there's a lot to take away from it from them, and I think they can look forward to when the Welsh internationals come back. So the other game was the Ospreys. Um, obviously, the, the Dragons were in action for obvious reasons. We mentioned this before. Um, so they won 24-22 in a, quite a physical game in St. Helens, the makeshift home ground. Um, Benetton have been unlucky recently, um, but the Ospreys will be happy with the result. Dodd, what did you make of it? Yeah, um, the Ospreys uh, didn't play particularly well. Um, Benetton... He'll uh, be wondering how on earth they didn't win that game. 22-10 up uh, against 40 men um, due to Gareth Evans being sent off. And, and then Ospreys obviously scored two late tries. Like you said, it was the game for the forwards. Uh, no team could really um, cope with their opponents uh, driving more. Um, but overall, I think despite the poor performance by the Ospreys, to, to get that W... I think uh, Dewey Lake scored from the mall with about a minute to go is going to be huge for them. 
And it's also going to be huge uh, for Benetton. That is a, a massive killer. Haven't won a game this season yet. I think they've only played five. A couple of um, been cancelled, obviously, due to what's happening in the world right now. But that would have been huge. The Ospreys have never lost to Italian team at home. Obviously, that um, that's still a still a record that needs to be broken. But overall, for Benetton, that is that is awful for them because that must hurt so much. I think a lot of results have hit them this season, though. They've they've actually been quite sharp and showed some signs of uh, being a winning team. It's quite disappointing to see them. Uh, keep losing out like that, but I'm sure uh, that curse will be broken um, in the not too distant future. Dodd. Um, so Ben uh, North got a run out. How important was it for him to get his confidence back up and potentially get back in that Wales team? Yeah, it is. It is good that he obviously got a run out. He hasn't. Um, he came on against the game before Georgia and didn't really make an effect. So to get a run out for uh, for Ospreys is good. He played well. He obviously didn't have a huge effect on the game. Um, but he, he got a run out, and that's the most important thing, I think, because he needs to, he needs to put in performances to uh, to get back onto Wayne Pivek's good good side. Because I think we all want to see him back in a Welsh jersey on the wing. It's going to be quite hard now because you've got Josh Adams, which is he's a stalwart, and then you obviously got Louis Rees-Samet, who played well against Georgia. And if he plays well against England, then he's going to have Wayne Pivek on his side and the fans on his side, which is which is what he wants. But yeah. I'd love to see George North back in the Welsh squad. Uh, I, I've loved him for a few years. I think he's fantastic. Obviously, you're never going to lose. We have before they say, and I've said it before, class is permanent, form is temporary. So, uh, yeah, I think if he carries on getting some runouts for uh, Ospreys and puts in one or two good performances where he, he has a big effect on the game, I think we could see him back in a Welsh jersey. So definitely a transitional period for the Welsh national team. I think there's a lot to look forward to. Um, having discussed what we have. So that's all we've got time for today. England face Wales this weekend. And despite what we've discussed today, um, as the saying goes, form goes out the window and games like these come around. So hopefully we're in for a treat. Catch you next time. And thank you very much for listening.